Every Tuesday and Friday, from Glasgow, Scotland, it's the high risk, high reward play every time. It's the Going For Two podcast. And here are your hosts, Nick Langdon and Ross White. Oh yes, we're back. We're back and ready for week two. And it's already started, already got underway after Thursday nights. Amazing game, or was it? We don't know. Yeah, little peek behind the game. We're recording on Thursday. We've not watched the game yet. Because it uh, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, because it hasn't. Um, just a scheduling conflict. Nick, you're going to give us your review of a Thursday night game. Um, you're going to slide that in seamlessly. You won't even know, listeners, except that we've told you. Um, but yeah, we're going to review every single game now. Preview. Except- Oh, preview, of course. We can't review them because no game has happened apart from the one that we just mentioned. But yeah, we're going to preview every game. We're going to give ourselves two and a half minutes Mm -hmm. to go through every single game, bring you the news, what we predict is going to happen, and our picks. Uh, If you want to pick along with us, you can go to nfl.com slash pick'em and look for The Going For Two podcast. Yeah, you can see on there um, that me and Ross are currently joint bottom of the group. Did we pick the same? Yeah, we picked the same amount of games right. We didn't pick the same games, no, no. but we got the same score. Oh, it's tense. But uh, What's the winner going to get at the end of the year, Nick, you, between you and I? Pint? I'll take, well, how about we do dinner? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, the yeah, loser yeah. has to buy the other one dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a nice idea. Uh, how's your week been outside NFL? Uh, not that eventful. It's been pretty quiet. Uh-huh. Hey, I was in a lecture yesterday. I'm studying to become a primary teacher just now, but um, I was in a lecture Yesterday, day before, and uh, the NFL came up by the lecturer. He was uh, he was talking through uh, homophobia and how we can challenge that in a classroom, and then brought up um, former NFL player Michael Sam. Oh, really? Yeah, and so he told us that he was into NFL, so I started a wee Twitter chat with uh, with Graham, uh, and um, that was great. Yeah, so I found uh, NFL sliding its way into lectures, which was quite fun. That is quite cool. Anyway... I yeah, be- I better start reviewing Thursday Night Football. Yeah, no time like the present. I'll say, um, slide in one of my responses here, Nick. Uh, option one. I can't believe they benched Deshaun Watson as well. Tom Savage is really the real deal. Option two. Oh, they really missed all those concussed players and Brian Cushing being out for 10 games with his PED suspension. Okay, one of those has got to fit, I'm sure. So Yeah, so you're, you're not <laughs> predicting great things for the Texans then? Uh, both. Um, well, someone's got to fail and someone's going to pick up. Now, I'm not really predicting much for the Texans. I think the, the Bengals have got it back on. But we covered that in the last episode. So, over to you, Nick. How did Thursday night football go? Well, it didn't really go that well for either team, to be honest. Uh, one of the worst games so far. Final score, 12-9. to nine to the Houston Texans, who were the winners in the eventual score, but in a game that featured 16 punts and seven minutes elapsed before either team scored a first down, this was not a classic game. Penalties galore from both teams for simple things such as illegal formations, which how they get it wrong in the NFL baffles me. Anyway, the big takeaways, uh, both offensive lines are clearly problematic. Both teams look to struggle to get anything going in either passing game 
or the rushing game. Um, the Bengals' offense in particular looks dysfunctional. Uh, they had literally nothing going until a big pass to AJ Green from Andy Dalton, and that was really the only big play of the night for the Bengals, who 0-2 through two games at home and still haven't scored a touchdown. Um, new offensive weapon and 40-yard dash record holder, John Ross. His first touch was fumbled, which Jadavian Clowney managed to pick up and return. Um, for the Texans, Deshaun Watson, it looked like his first start. Uh, there's no doubt about that. As a passer, he looked rattled early, although as the game wore on, he eventually started to so you've seen to bed himself in. Uh, he looked stronger, particularly on the final drive, where they managed to take around about six minutes off the clock and get into field goal range and really kill the game, um, which was really impressive uh, for a rookie. He only passed for 125 yards, but still, he can do some things that are truly special, such as his touchdown run in the end of the second quarter, just before the half, 40 plus yards, uh, just takes off on a scramble, evades the rush, and then just goes. And I don't really think the Bengals were ready for it. I don't think anyone was. Uh, it surprised a lot of people, but that is what Deshaun Watson brings. That is why he starts over Tom Savage. Um, interestingly, uh, Tyler Eifert got hurt. Not sure exactly how long, if he's suspected to miss any time, but that seems to be a recurring theme with Eifert and something to watch out for going forwards. Interestingly for the Bengals, Alex Erickson, who caught four passes for 62 yards, was their top target. Um, quite an unheralded receiver. Not quite sure why they were going to him with the game on the line, but possibly someone worth picking up in fantasy. And um, for the Texans, they managed to get the win, they ground it out, but ultimately neither team looked like a winner in what was a sloppy game. Both teams are going to struggle going forwards on offence and hope their defences can carry them. Okay, Nick, let's get two and a half minutes on the clock. Two we're and covering half is ready. We're covering the New England Patriots at the New Orleans Saints. What an interesting game this is. I didn't expect both teams at least to have lost in week one. So the 0-1 Patriots go to the 0-1 Saints. Mm. Someone is coming out of this game 0-2. And I'm predicting the Saints to come out 0-2, the Patriots to get the first win of the season. Um, and I imagine you're going to be picking the same, Nick. Uh, yes, it won't shock anybody. I am also picking the Patriots to bounce back. Uh and it seems that most people agree with us, as only 11% of people are picking the Saints at home in the Superdome, which Ugh. used to be, like, they used to be undefeatable in the Superdome. Do you know the Saints have the oldest offence in the league? Really? Mm. I suppose when you've got Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson, yep. Drew Brees, it's not... Yeah, it starts to tally up. Um, they, they need to get a number one back, and I think it should be um, Kamara. I think he well, they've should got be three number one backs. That's their problem. I know, but they they split the carries so evenly, and they only went for what was it, seventeen or eighteen yards each, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was not a great showing. I mean, they totaled between the three of them less than sixty yards running last game. That's poor. Adrian Peterson seemed really upset on the sideline. Uh, the passing game with Drew Brees was was good as normal. He's going to probably go for over five thousand yards again. Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, they were. They were better than the Patriots. Patriots only 247 yards passing, um, whereas Drew Brees was 284 Oof. last week. 
but the rushing yards is where the big difference is. New England managed to rush for 124 yards against what is quite a good since uh, Kansas, Kansas City, City. defence. Yeah. I 60 for the Saints. Yeah, I expect the, the Patriots' offence to look much better. I think, like I said, they, they looked okay with the fact that Brandon Cooks gives them a real deep threat. Mark, the new running back, Gillisley, seems to be running outside. And they're spelling him. They're not doing a com- total committee. They're bringing in people like White to, to do some spells in the backfield. And then they've obviously got Gronkowski, who's a major threat. Tom Brady is a major weapon. So I reckon that the, the New England Patriots' offence is going to be good enough. Especially against the Saints' defence. Now, I just went to check third down percentage allowed. New England Patriots, 36.4. The Saints, it doesn't actually fit on my screen. It's that bad. It may be above 50%. I don't actually have the number. They're terrible. The Chicago Bears are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've got the stadium all sorted, ready to go after Hurricane Irma. Uh, and it's great to see the Bucks. My, I'm really high on the Bucks this year. I'm very happy to see them now. We've no statistics to give you from last week's game for the Bucks because they didn't play due to the hurricane. So, um, what do we think, Nick? Where, where are the Buccaneers and Bears going to fit in this? This is a tough one. Normally, you would say, oh, this is absolutely the Buccaneers all the way. And I would have said that if they both played the same amount of games. But the Bears... Played Atlanta tough at home. Like, that's actual NFL game experience, like, live situation. I know they've had the preseason games, but there's nothing like a live, proper game. The Buccaneers haven't. And a lot of teams generally are a bit rusty, not exactly fully synced on their first outing. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears pulled an upset here. Mm. I'm calling an upset alert. Okay, okay. I would still lean towards the Bucs. But I'm saying there's a chance. Okay, so Coco, our friend Connor, you've got a chance here with your Bears. Uh, they they had that really amazing uh, experience in week one with the rookie uh, Tariq Cohen yes. showing a lot of talent. So that's something the Bucks are now aware of. They can start to game plan for that. They might not have been thinking about that before. And uh, they're coming into week one fresh. So I believe that the Bucks have got that advantage after not playing a hard game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, everything I said in the preview about the Bucks, I still believe. I think that Jameis Winston is an excellent quarterback. <clears throat> He's got the deep threat, speed threat into Sean Watson to throw to. The big body, safe hands receiver of Mike Evans. They've got the new tight end. Uh, what's his name? Uh, they can dump the ball off to him. Uh, uh, and then they've got, well, they don't yet have Doug Martin coming out the backfield because he's suspended until week five. It would have been week four, but because of the oh, really? bye, it's oh. a four-game suspension, so he'll be returning in week five. Um, so they're going to be starting Charles Sims in the backfield most probably. That could be problematic. Um, but I like the defence as well. So I'm high on the Bucks. The Bucks are going to win this, and the Bears, I'm looking to see more out of Tariq Cohen again. Uh, this is actually a Mike Glennon revenge game, fun fact. Oh, yeah. Um, now... Unfortunately, most people don't agree with my consensus that it might be close. Only 15% of people are picking the Bears. I am ultimately going to take the books at home, but no. don't be shocked if this comes down to the fourth quarter late. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles this week. The Chiefs off their win, the big win in and, week one. And the Eagles, and then the Eagles. Eagles. Well, I think... The Eagles offered their divisional win. Yeah, well, the Chiefs win was a much bigger one, I think. It was, yeah. In terms of they beat a tougher opponent, I would say. I don't think the Redskins are the strongest competition that the Eagles are going to face all year. 
Um, yeah, we know that the Patriots are a big the Chiefs, top opposition. The Chiefs' offense looked explosive. I'm interested to see, was that a one-time deal? And do they revert to type of the Chiefs where it's dink and dunk, Alex Smith, not take as many downfield shots? Or is this the new Chiefs? Are they this explosive, fat, you know, up-tempo, fast offense that just can hit you and strike you instantly, put seven points on the board in the blink of an eye, and then still with a solid defense to close out games? Well, that's what we've got to find out because it's a very different kind of defense. We know that the Patriots have got a good defense, but the Eagles have got a different kind where they've got a really loaded front seven where they've got a pass rush in there as well. We saw uh, Fletcher Cox get his touchdown last week. So how is Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt and the offensive line going to be able to deal with that really intimidating offense, uh, defensive front from the Eagles? Yeah, this is a game where we're going to find out a lot about both teams. Because mm-hmm. like, the Eagles, they got the win in week one and they look pretty solid doing it. But are they seriously actually going to be able to take the next step? Can they compete with the Chiefs, who are now definitely considered in the league's probably top five oh, yeah. teams? My prediction is no. The Chiefs are going to win this one. That's where my pick's going. And the Eagles are going to go to 1-1, one and one, and our division is going to look close for the whole way through. Uh, yes, this is in Arrowhead. You would expect the Chiefs' home field advantage to do more than enough for them, especially if they play at the same sort of level as they did on Thursday night. Um, <clears throat> interestingly, um, I think that the strength of the Chiefs' defence, the secondary, has taken a hit. Yep, with Ronald Darby's dislocated ankle... That's the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on about the Chiefs secondary. Oh, with right. Eric oh, so Berry. Both, both Eric backfield, Berry, yeah, both, both defensive of them backs. have lost yeah. players uh, throughout the season uh, for pretty much the rest of the season. Gosh. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the passing game is fair. Can Carson Wentz get enough done against this front seven? No. No. I'm picking the Chiefs. No. no. He's a good quarterback. There's a lot for the future, but this week it's all about the Chiefs. It's all about Alex Smith overcoming that defensive line and getting the ball downfield to Hill and outside to Hunt. I'm taking the Chiefs as well. Two more winning teams from week one. The Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I was delighted with Sam Bradford last week. He was really fun to watch. Is it going to be the same when he goes up against the new and improved Steelers defensive backs? Well, this is the thing. I don't know if they're that new and improved. Maybe the Bra- Big, Big, Big Ben's come out and said this week that the Browns are going to surprise people this season. So he obviously thinks that the Browns are a better team than perhaps people are giving them credit for. Uh, which does, if it's the case, make the Steelers' defence performance in Week 1 look better. I think we'll find out today because... The Saints secondary was poor and it got picked on mercilessly by Sam Bradford, Stefan Diggs, yeah, and Co. It's Let's a slightly tough. It's a slightly tougher uh, opposition. You know, they were got uh, New Orleans pass rush and defensive backs are non-existent. The Steelers do have pass rush. They do have defensive backs. They're and... not the greatest set of defensive backs. Well, Joe Hayden, Artie Burns. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. Good, it's not a great secondary. It's been a weakness for a while now. Do you not think Artie Burns is just sitting there in a, in a tweed jacket, smoking a pipe, talking about days have gone by? I hope so. Artie Burns is just such a an old man name. <laughs> for such a young guy as well. Yeah. Um, one thing I am interested to see, or in fact, I get your opinion on this. Go on then. Who rushes for more yards in this game, Le'Veon Bell or rookie sensation Dalvin Cook? Le'Veon Bell. I reckon that... Yeah? Yeah. I'm you were sluggish to, in week one. Yeah, but I'm trying to think about how the the Vikings' run defence was playing. And, uh, oh, yeah, they... They, they, they only... They held 
Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara to 60 yards. Le'Veon Bell only rushed for 32 yards on 10 carries against the Browns. Okay, um, then what did the Browns rush for against the Steelers? Not that much either, to be yeah. honest. So I'm going to say Lev Bell. I think that the, now they're all back. They're going into game two. They've a little bit more time on the field together. It's going to look a bit better back in their rhythm. And Le'Veon Bell is going to be going for over 100 yards. Again. Over 100 yards yeah. against this minute. That would be an impressive game if he goes over 100 against this Vikings. Yeah, defense. and that's why I am picking the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers to win at home against the Minnesota Vikings. This won't shock anyone but me. The Steelers fan is also picking the Steelers to win. I do think this will be really close. It's a really interesting game to see. It's one of these games that's a real acid test in week two to find out who's for real. Okay, the Cleveland Browns are visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland looked more impressive than people would have thought last week, which is great for Cleveland fans. They're going to feel really good about that. And um, the Ravens. Yeah. Um, but I've, like I'm going to keep telling you, Nick, it's not about the wins and losses for Cleveland this year. It's about the performances, and they had a good performance. Yeah, I mean, it was a good performance, and as I just referenced, you know, people are starting to think that the Browns are actually, you know, have made a significant step. The Ravens just absolutely wiped out Cincinnati in their own building. If the Ravens win this game, which I would predict them to do, then they're going to be two and zero inside the division after two weeks. That's a great start for a team that only just got its quarterback back and a lot of people are writing off as just not enough offensive talent. The Ravens, I think, are going to get this win, but I don't think they're as good as everyone says. They were, people are talking about how the Ravens' defence looks like the best in the AFC. I don't, I don't, I well, don't think did, so. He did when Andy Dalton's throwing four interceptions. Yeah, but I think that was more about the, the Bengals' offence getting off to a very slow start, looking very sluggish, not looking effective, <clears throat> rather than the Ravens totally dominating. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I didn't think that the Ravens were completely like overwhelming. Not like, this wasn't Jacksonville against Houston, where Jacksonville's defence just looked so much better mm-hmm. than Houston's offence. There is, you know... There are some anomalies definitely in that first game. Um, I think the Ravens' defence is going to be spending a lot more time on the field this week. Therefore, they're going to be conceding more points and more yards, getting more get tired towards the you end. You would certainly hope that they concede more points. Two straight shutouts would be very impressive. <laughs> yeah, but the, the reason I think they're going to be spending more time on the field is because the offence is going to be less effective. Danny Woodhead went out with an injury. Yeah, he's out four to six weeks, I believe, with the hamstring. And I think that Cleveland's young defensive unit uh, are going to be able to make some plays against the Ravens' offense as well, hold them out a little bit. So, yeah. Um, but I ultimately do think that the Ravens will get the win. So, good yeah, to know. Yeah, I would agree with you. Ravens go 2-0 and inside the division to start the year. That is an incredibly strong start. Like I said in our preview, I think they're a wild card contender ultimately, and the division might come down to Steelers Ravens at the end of the year, like it seemingly always does. We're going to have to start getting some pick'em games, Nick, because again, I think we're going to be consensus on this one. The Carolina Panthers are hosting the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> Did you see anything out of the Bills in Week One to think that they could beat the Carolina Panthers? I saw enough out of them to see that they could beat a team of the Jets standard, but I don't know, not not the Panthers. The Panthers the Panthers had a poor outing, really. They should have... I know, okay, San Francisco only scored three points against you. Fantastic, great on defence, but Cam looked really, really rusty. 
He looked like he was overthrowing receivers, like he's always done. His no, he, he was really off, like some really, really poor throws. I think his shoulder is still an issue to okay. an extent. He's not 100%, I don't think. An extra week's preparation, hopefully he's closer to actual Cam Newton. Um, and Christian McCaffrey didn't have the most impressive debut. Yeah, but I mean, nobody thought that he was going to. So, I mean, anyone who knows how the offense was going to work know that he doesn't really just slide in into that style of offense. They're going to have to create a playbook for him, which is what has been said, that he has a separate playbook. So it's like a sub-package for Christian McCaffrey. It takes time to embed that into the offense and to yeah. start using it. So we'll see more of him <clears throat> towards the end of the season, I think. Um, believe it or not, the Buffalo Bills offense greatly outgained the Panthers offense in week one, 408 yards to 287. And of those 408, Buffalo's rushing attack gained 190 yards. But wow, this is a formidable front seven for Carolina with, as I said in the previews, the best linebacking core in the NFL. Who's Buffalo's backup running back after Shady McCoy? Mike Tolbert, yeah, he came over from the Panthers. From the Panthers. Oh, it's a revenge game for the Cannonball. He said he's been snitching on uh, the Carolina Panthers, but obviously with the big change in offense in that they've got McCaffrey there, how much of it's going to carry over, we don't really know. I can't think of two more different running backs than Mike Tolbert, the five foot four Cannonball, and Christian McCaffrey, the five foot ten slender thing. It's uh, very different styles of running. Who are you picking, Panthers? Oh, Panthers all the way. Panthers all the way at home for me. We're in lockstep. This is I know, we need to start getting some pick-ems. All right, Nick. The Arizona Cardinals are visiting the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts in week one looked atrocious against the Los Angeles Rams. The worst team in the league. But then the Arizona Cardinals didn't look very good either. Yeah, this is this is a bit of a sad game. I would be stunned, though, ultimately, if the... Cardinals don't win this one at home. The Cardinals have got serious, serious problems. Believe it or not, I mean, this is how bad it is for the Colts. Jacoby Brissett, who's been there about 10 days, and admit, they've admitted doesn't know the playbook completely, might start over Scott Tolzien. I mean, that's a damning of Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien, whatever his name is. And uh, Arizona are going in there with the oldest team in the league. Really? Yeah, the oldest average team in the league. So when you're saying bring the band back together for one more run, it looks like, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, they're old and they need to start playing now because things are going to start rebuilding. I'm I'm slightly worried that bringing the band back together wasn't the greatest idea and the band might be a little too old. Okay, we know David Johnson is out. Yes, he's out for pretty much the rest of the season, we think. Yeah, they're looking to Carlos Williams... Wait, no, correction from the last episode. It's not Carlos Williams who's going to be playing running back for the Arizona Cardinals. It's Kerwin Williams. Did you see who else they picked up this week? No. Chris Johnson. CJ2K is back with the Cardinals. Don't expect him to see very many snaps, but he's there as the backup now that... Obviously. All right. Mm, it's, it's, it makes things a little bit spicy, a little bit interesting. Fun fact, the Cardinals allowed a worse third down conversion percentage than the Bills did last week. Although then Oof. again, that was against the Jets. So not too much of a shock there. Who's got the better defense in this game? 
Oh, the Cardinals. They've, they've still got Tyron Matthew. They've still got Patrick Peterson. They've got guys that they don't have Clayce Campbell, who went over to um, Jacksonville. <laughs> and got a and franchise record for sacks. But um, I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals on the road, my first road uh, team this week. I just didn't see anything from the Colts to make me happy. I would absolutely agree with you there. I don't think that you can basically. I think the Colts are going to be oh and until Andrew Luck comes back. Oh, okay, yep. Right, so basically, my top tip would be, if you've got any fantasy players or you're picking, go against the Colts every single time. Okay, so this is the most exciting game of the early slate, uh, and it's the final one of the early slate of games on Sunday that we're talking about. It's the Tennessee Titans going into Saxonville. Saxonville, I saw that they changed their Twitter handle. I was like, come on, one week Jaguars and you're already getting that ahead of yourselves? <sighs> Ten sacks in one game, man, you got to go with it. So Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Tennessee Titans, a divisional game. The Jags are coming off of a 10-sack game against Houston last week. 29-7, a dominant win. Uh, and, and the Titans are coming off of a loss. Yeah, but it was against what is, I presume, an AFC powerhouse in the Raiders. So, I was saying at the start of the season that Tennessee could win the division. At this point, if they go 0-2, and the Jacksonville Jaguars go 2-0 and in the division, whoa. I would be, oh my... Jacksonville, I would just be stunned if they start 2-0 inside the division. I still think they could blow it, because let's not forget that Blake Bortles threw for a mighty 125 passing yards. Yeah, but I'm not... That's half as many yards as Marcus Mariota threw for. I'm not concerned about this, because people are always saying that young quarterbacks, prone-to-mistake quarterbacks, need to be given a balanced offense. And that's what he needs to be given. And that, you know, why not control the clock? Why allow the defense to make 10 sacks? It's... He's year four. Yeah, but it doesn't matter what year he is. We're talking about how the offense can win. We found how the offense can win. With defense. The defense won the game. Exactly. Let them be on the... So control the clock. Hand the ball off to the new rookie running back who looked really good. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He looked good. So why not hand the ball off to him? Make short passes. Allow the playmakers... The rec- to to get yards after the catch and yards after uh, in, after the run is that's what you want to do. So I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be continued. So who are you picking, Nick? Oh God, this is a tough one. It's, it's a real pick'em. I'm just taking whoever you don't. Oh well, that's not very nice of you, is it? Oh, this is how we're gonna do. Would well, you want to? Uh... No, we don't want to have the same one, do we? I'm going to take. The Titans on the road. I still believe the Titans are the class of the division. I still don't believe in Jacksonville. I don't believe in Blake Bortles. And not with Alan Robinson out. I mean, I'm constantly saying don't believe the hype, but I'm believing the hype. I'm going with Jacksonville. I want to see more sacks. I want to see more Leonard Fournette running over people. But we'll see how the rest of the division goes because I think the Titans are probably going to get back together and get it towards the end of the season. But this day, it's going to be Jacksonville's day. Now we go to the first of the late games, 4 or 5 p.m. kickoff in the U.S. It is the New York Jets travelling to the Black Hole to face the Raiders. Right, it's 100% Raiders win. Uh, tell me what the, the pick'em thing is on here, mate, because if it's anything less than 100, it's wrong. Believe it or not, it's less than 100. What? Only 97% of people expect the Raiders to win. What? Come on, man. Like, we both think the Raiders are going to win. I know the Raiders are going to be in win. The, if there's any lock of any week, it's the Raiders beating the Jets. How much money would you be willing to put on 
I'm going to I'm going to empty my uh, William Hill account onto other betting sites are available. I'm going to empty the account onto the Raiders just to, it won't get me very much because it's going to be pretty thin odds. But you know what? Add a few more pennies onto my account. It'll, it'll give me something to spend on the next Giants game and to lose on that. <laughs> we don't advocate gambling. Ross has a problem. I, I do only if you're 18 or over. but <laughs> And you're not and you don't suffer from any kind of addiction issues. But. You can tell that this isn't the greatest game because we're one minute into this and we're really struggling to talk about the actual game. You're going to see my prediction come through that Amari Cooper is not the biggest receiver. He's the number one receiver. Mate, who, who, got more, who got more targets and more yards in the last game? That Michael was Crabtree. One week. That was one week. Who got more targets and yards last season? I'm pretty sure it was Michael Crabtree. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think Amari Cooper is the number one receiver. It's like a 1A and a 1B situation, let's be honest. They're both very good. And you know what B stands for? Beast mode! He was running over people, including 305-pound linemen. Yeah, and we're going to see him just run against the Jets, so I think it's a big week for Marshawn Lynch. This is going to be an absolute merciless beatdown, I expect. If it's anything less than that, there's serious, serious concerns for the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, to me, are looking like a 12-4, 13-3 team. How do you reckon the the crowd are going to be knowing that they're going to be moving at the end of the year to Las Vegas but it's and not the end of this year is it it's the end of next year oh, they've got it? two seasons oh. which is the really baffling thing and I think no. that's why Marshawn's there just to sort of you appease know the fans. appease the fans they've got something to look forward to their hometown hero the only worry is that if things did go ugly this season for the Raiders that then the fans might turn on them but as long as it is I think Raider Nation is fully behind their team it won't be an issue the Raiders of course are going to win this game at home don't be crazy. Don't pick the Jets. Okay, the Miami Dolphins are back after their week one bye due to Hurricane Irma. And they're going to be playing in Los Angeles against the Chargers. The first game in the new tiny stadium. That'd be fun. I, I want to see a little center. bit of that. I want to see a little bit of that, like, 20-odd thousand people in that nice wee venue. I think it could be a fun atmosphere. Yeah, man. I'm up for it. Um, in terms of who's going to win? Hmm. Uh, well, it's really hard to say what the Dolphins are because... Like the books, we have no idea what they are. We haven't seen them. Uh, is Jay Cutler any good? We'll find out. Is JJ still JJ from last season, capable of a 200-yard game? Um, the Chargers defense put in a pretty average performance against the Broncos offense on Monday night. Um, it's, yeah, this is a close one. I mean, I can see how the arguments could be made for both teams to win. I loved watching Melvin Gordon run. Um, yeah, I think he's really exciting to watch. He's clearly a focal point of the offense. They've got a number of good receivers. Yeah, Tyrell Williams was the leading receiver. In- he was. I was. Ross convinced me to take Tyrell Williams in my fantasy league, and uh, I was really complaining for like the majority of the first half that Tyrell Williams hadn't got the ball. Yeah, uh, and was calling Ross out for it, but. By the end of the game, he did lead them in receptions and yardage. So yeah, we, we know that Ross. we know that Keenan Allen is the main receiver in that offense. Um, but you know, there's other elements to it, like Benjamin and Williams um, in the Dolphins' offense. However, man, I'm I don't know what we're going to see. It's such a mystery. I don't know what the defense is like either. They're so I think that I think their linebackers are really weak and they can be taken advantage of. I'm going to take the devil, you know, and I'm going to take uh, the LA Chargers. The LA Chargers to win a game. Yeah. You know how good they are at blowing games. Yeah, uh, especially, I mean, it was the, the kick at the end of the game. In fact, are you going to take the Chargers of the Dolphins? Again, this, this goes back to my theory of the week one bye is horrible. They haven't played a proper competitive game yet. 
Whereas the Chargers just played the Broncos. It was a tough game. They're sort of battle-tested. Mm. And as a result, at home, even though it's kind of half the same home field advantage, I'm leaning towards the Chargers just because they oh. played a game. Right, in which case, switch my pick. I'm taking the Dolphins. I've got to go against you on a couple of these. So, yeah, Dolphins. I believe in Jay Cutler now. I believe in my boy Jay Ajayi. And I believe in that defense to get big stops. It could go either way. Nick, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Huh? It's the, the Seahawks are hosting Oof. the 49ers. Oh, God, no. Oh, well, this, if this isn't a beatdown, then the Seahawks have got problems. Hold on. Are we going to... Right, we saw how bad the Seahawks O-line was, right? Yes. And there's a lot of young front seven talent on the San Diego on the San Francisco 49ers. Are they going to be able to make to disrupt Russell Wilson and really make something of this game? Well, with Luke Jokel playing left guard badly, I mean nothing's beyond the realms of possibility. You could see Solomon Thomas have a big game. Yeah, why not? Um this is probably in terms of a matchup the two joint lowest scoring teams last week. Probably, uh, you've got, yeah. You got three points from the Niners and nine points from the Seahawks. So between them, they've scored a combined 12 points. Oh, uh, Houston-Cincinnati. Did Houston not get seven and Cincinnati get zero? Uh, that's a good point. So second, I mean, gosh, the fact that nine points combined is the second lowest scoring matchup. Ugh. Anyway, um, so let me, I want to come up with some kind of argument to say that the Niners are going to win this. I don't believe it. I think the Seahawks are going to win it. They're going to be my pick. The Seahawks are going to win at home. However... Look out for the fact that they are going to be able to attack Russell Wilson, disrupt the passing game, and the fact that um, is Thomas Rawls back? Is he? Yes, still... he's believed oh. he's due to start. But then he's not going to be playing every snap. They're going to be passing no. the ball off to, Chris, to CJ Procise, rookie Chris Carson. Yeah, he's impressive. So there's going to be a lot of people getting a lot of touches. Uh, don't know how deep the ball is going to be able to go for Doug Baldwin. Players like that. Well, it depends if Jaguiski start can make another epic interception. Yeah, I suppose he was back there for that awesome play last week. Um, on the San Francisco offensive side, maybe Kyle Shanahan has learned a little bit more about what his offense is doing. Pierre Garçon's a very good receiver. He is, but it's Brian Hoyer, and this is definitely a shutout alert. I remember a couple of seasons ago, the Bears went in there, scored zero points with John Fox um, uh, do you in know... charge. And I could see this being a shutout in Seattle. So did you know that the Seattle Seahawks have the oldest defense in the league? Really? Yeah. However, their oldest player on defense is Michael Bennett at 31. So they're all edging in that 28 to 31. Absolutely dominated. Yeah, but they're the oldest defense in the league, but I think they've got that ability. Now we go back to Los Angeles and it's time for the Rams to host the Redskins, the Rams, the highest scoring team in football. You know what's really weird? You wouldn't get this in the UK where the same city is hosting two games at the same time. Like if Liverpool and Everton are playing on the same weekend, Liverpool will be at home, Everton will be away. Is that true? Yeah, they always try and for policing. Oh, right, okay. So. Yeah, but come on, Chargers fans aren't going to cause any problems. No, I know, but I mean, it's also and about no traffic gonna as well. No but... one's going to turn up to the Rams game. You saw how empty the Coliseum was last week. But, I mean, there's traffic, policing, there's a lot of things going on. I think it's surprising that the Los Angeles Chargers and the LA Rams are both hosting games at home at the same time in the same city. So, anyway, that's a bit odd. But, Americans, you do a lot of weird things. So, if I was to ask you who had the more impressive offensive performance last week, who would you say? The Rams. Believe it or not, the Red- despite that, the Redskins outrushed the Rams last week. That's Ooh. how bad... 
the Rams' rushing attack was against yeah. what is a very, very poor uh, Colts front seven. Yeah, we didn't so see that Todd Gurley. Yeah, well, because they still can't open up holes for him on the other line. Now, this is a better defense with a great secondary. This is a proper test for the Rams. The Rams win this game, then they're potentially in the wildcard mix. All right, we'll flip it around then. What about the Rams' defense, which has now got Aaron Donald back playing is he definitely going to start? Do we know that he's going to start? He says that the contract now is, is just business talk. Like he, He's back, he's reported, he's, he's going to be playing. I think the Rams' defence is more than capable of picking off Kirk Cousins more than once. Oh, I yeah. think you could see another multiple interception game, whether they get any more touchdowns again. Who Plus knows? their backfield wasn't exactly... Did they not get a fumble? Was it not Rob Kelly? Someone, I'm sure someone got a fumble. Uh, so if I'm picking someone to do that. I'd pick the Rams' defense to be able to knock that ball out again. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Sean McVay can game plan against his former team. He was the offensive coordinator oh, yeah. for Kirk Cousins. Does he know Kirk's tendencies? Can he help with the defensive mm. game plan there? Vice versa. And vice versa, what do they know, they know about what... his offensive structure? This is going to be a tight game, I expect. Ooh, yeah, low scorer. I'm taking the Rams at home. Nick? Uh, in that case, just because I think it's a close game, I'll take the Redskins. I do ultimately believe it'll be the Rams, but hey, we like to battle in Pickham. The final game that you're going to be able to see on Red Zone uh, is going to be the Denver Broncos hosting the Dallas Cowboys. What an exciting game this is. Both yes. teams look like they've got solid offense. We know that Zeke Elliott will be playing on Sunday no matter what happens in the ruling in the courts. Well, it's like 99% probable he's going to be playing this week. Right. However, today's Thursday and the NFL are going to be filing for a reinstatement of the suspension. So it might be that he misses week three and onwards, but it's probable that this suspension is going to be going on into next year. Yeah, I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, I love Tremor Simeon. Yeah, but is the Cowboys' defence that good, you know? Or was the Giants' offence just that bad? How are we gonna, What do you think Trev's going to do this week? Oh, the, the, the Giants' offence was bad. Trevor Simeon was being given permission to create things, to move around. Now, he made a few bad decisions, you know, stepping up and trying yeah. to run it a couple of times when he shouldn't. However, he feels confident enough in his abilities and in his line and in the rest of the players to be able to do that. And the offence, uh, the the coordinators and the coaches, they feel like he's allowed to do that as well. They've got confidence in he, it. He looked very impressive in week one, given you know how little buzz there's been about him as a mm. player, how little he seems to be rated. Um, it's Dak, though. It's the Cowboys. I expect them to win this game. It is, admittedly, in Denver, yeah. which is obviously a factor with the, the altitude high and everything. But I think the Cowboys have got enough to handle this game. You're picking the Cowboys? I'm absolutely picking the Cowboys. I'm absolutely picking those Broncos at home. Oh, I want to see Von Miller. We didn't really see much of him in game one. He's going to be coming through, disrupting that decent O-line and making some plays. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, both teams are exactly tied in third down conversion percentage and time of possession from week one. Both teams had over 34 minutes of possession it's in not, their last games. It's decent. I suppose there's also, yeah, it's not going to be 30-30. It's usually there's a there's the special yeah. teams yeah. margin. So, yeah, 34 would mean that the opposition would have had probably, what, 25? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, let's see who wins the time of possession battle. I'm going Dallas. Um, yeah, Broncos. <laughs> All right, the Atlanta Falcons 
are hosting the Green Bay Packers. In their shiny new stadium. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen the statue of the, the Falcon on the outside of the stadium? No. Oh, it looks really good, man. It, it looks like it's, it's been a lot of work put into that one. Very nice, metallic, shiny thing outside. Looks pretty cool. So, after a, an interesting week one where the Falcons didn't beat the Bears as much as everyone thought. Yep. And the Packers defense in particular looked surprisingly dominant yep. against the Seahawks offense. I have no idea who to pick in this game. Yeah, they're both winning teams and it's a late-ish game. So, oh man, it's going to be close. Um, the Falcons defense looked like they were better. They were running around a lot more. The Falcons offense didn't look like it was as good under Steve Sarkeesian. The Packers... They, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was making the plays again. It was him throwing that that laser pass to Jordy Nelson. Uh, the defense were, oh, Mike Daniels was just shutting things down. The defense looked really solid. So I reckon the defense are going to be able to shut down the Falcons and the Falcons' defense. I mean, this is going to be another defensive slugfest that Green Bay are in. No, I think I think this in the AstroTurf inside in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I expect this to be a high-scoring shootout on Sunday night. Nah, I'm going low scoring. Well, no. Let me, let me only, only field this goals. Isn't, this, isn't, this isn't the best defence. Like the Falcons, have imp- the Falcons have improved, but they're not the best defence. They're not the Seahawks defence, okay? No. And the Packers defence, as much as good as it looked last week, are playing a much better offensive line. Don't expect them to get pressure on Matt Ryan like they did on Russell Wilson. Okay? So I think both teams will have enough time. They will be able to get the ball out to their receivers. Both teams are loaded at receiver. They've got plenty of offensive weapons. I think the Falcons have a better backfield because I still don't trust Ty Montgomery. I don't believe No, I don't. I definitely don't. And I think ultimately, in a high-scoring affair, I'm going to go with the Falcons at home. All right, I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I believe in the Packers. I think he's going to be able to throw a few more laser shots. I know I don't believe in the uh, running backs in Green Bay because it's Ty Montgomery, but I think that Green Bay, the defense looks solid, and Aaron Rodgers is always solid. Green Bay away. And so we come to Monday Night Football, where Rossi's Giants... Play the Lions. In fact, they host the Lions. Yeah, we do. Um, It's an extra day for Odell to get a little bit healthier. And it's an extra day for Evan Ingram and Brandon Marshall to actually learn the offence. It's also an extra day for Ben McAdoo to wonder how you're going to score more than three points. Yeah, but the problem is he's not going to spend any time trying to figure out anything creative. He's just running a very basic offense that people are guessing. The Lions did a really good job at picking two or three of Carson Palmer's passes, so it's a defense that we've underrated, and now we've got to go against them. I would never have thought that in week one, the Lions would out-possess the Giants in time of possession, quite badly. Oh, we were awful with time of possession. We were in the first half. We were in the first quarter. I think we only had two or three minutes of possession. Is that all? Yeah. Well, that's dreadful. Yeah. <coughs> so uh, generally, yeah, we got a little bit better in the second half with that, being able to control the ball a little bit. But we can't run it. So I'm hoping that at some point we can, before the trade deadline, we can go out and get somebody like Adrian Peterson, who's showing, no. he's showing he's not happy in New Orleans already. It's only one week. Yeah, but you saw him on the sideline. He was pouting like a little baby. He wants to be the number yeah. one back, and he's not going to be that He there. would be the number one back in both, to be fair. He would be the number one back for the Lions and for the Giants on base of what we saw in week one. Both rushing teams looked 
Awful. Who's got the worst backfield, Ross? Uh, you or the Lions? I, I'd say us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. A Giants fan admitting they've got one of the worst backfield situations in the league. The Lions yeah. have got a terrible it, situation. It comes down to the fact we've also got a bad O-line and our tackles can't block. So that's an issue. Um, Eric Flowers needed to step up and he hasn't. So Eli Manning's going to have to get the ball out quickly. We're going to have to have some creative ways of getting the ball to the running backs. And But however, I'm really still big on our defence and I'm, and I'm happy to see Landon Collins making a pick against Matt Stafford. Ladies, talk and gentlemen, talk about a pick'em game online consensus has 49% of people picking the Giants and 51% picking the Lions on the road Ross yeah. join the 51% Not you know you want to Giants at home are you getting Kenny Galladay in the, the, the unfortunately I didn't get Kenny Galladay in fantasy but he could be a real breakout star for them if he carries on like week one I'm taking the Lions it's over for the Giants 0-2 Ooh, that was a wild ride going around every single game there, oh, exhausting yeah um but now we know what's going to be happening in every game. Uh, oh, hang on. What's that? Knock at the door. I think it's the paperboy. And he's brought Monday morning's headlines. Front page news. Monday morning. This is what is going to happen. We've got Monday morning's headlines right here from the future. Look, I'm, I'm holding them. Oh, exactly. Right. First headline is historic Jags defense takes massive division lead. Jay Cutler still thinks he's on the bye week as he's a no-show for their game. Marshawn Lynch sits for the national anthem but brings the black hole to their feet. And Cooper Cup looks like the league MVP through week two. Wow. That's, I mean, that's got to be a great Sunday night if that's what's going to be happening. Yeah, Jay Cutler not going to turn up uh, against... Um, Does it did, wait? Did you read the rest of that <clears throat> article? Did it say he actually doesn't physically turn up, or is he or is he there just not mentally? No, he actually just doesn't physically turn up. He turns. Wow. He turns oh, wow. out. Who starts at quarterback? Matt Moore. Oh, of course. Gosh. Yeah. Um, Jekyll is still naked on the beach somewhere. Oh wow! So that's it. It's fact. You just heard it from an actual newspaper from yeah. the future. So that's what will happen. There we go, and there we go. That's the end of the podcast. So thanks for listening. I've been Ross White on Twitter at Ross White, W-I-G-H-T. I've been Nick Langdon on Twitter at Nick XK89. That's N-I-C-X-K-89. Follow the Going For Two podcast on Twitter to keep up to date with our episodes. And that is at G underscore four underscore two. And please review us on iTunes. Tell friends... You know, we want Please, to have... Please, yeah, come on, some iTunes reviews. We'd like to have it people takes five support. minutes of your day, helps us a lot. Yep. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about everything in the league. There's so much more to talk about. If you've got anything that you wanted us to talk about, please let us know. We want to have a chat with you. We want to have a relationship with you, listener. That's a bit creepy, Russ. Anyway, we've been the Going For Two podcast. The high-risk, high-reward play every time. <laughs>